Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome, everybody, to the Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host and really excited today to talk to my guest, who you may at first pass think that this is a show that you've heard before or certainly a topic I've covered, but I want you to hang on because there's something very, very unique here that Bruce Langford, who's my guest, is bringing into the world in a very unique way. And like I said, right before I hit the record button, Unfortunately, this is a topic that is very much needed in our school systems and, and quite frankly, in society in general. Like I said, stick with this conversation. I wish this wasn't as needed as it is, but uh, it is. So that said, let me just give you a little tiny bit of a snippet about uh, Bruce. He believes in mindfulness and its power to help people. He became an entrepreneur in 2003 when he was shocked by the bullying he observed. He transitioned from being a teacher to a full-time advocate of bullying prevention. Now you see what I mean about the interesting angle, if you will, to mindfulness in this approach and how it can really impact the level of bullying that is going on in our school system and on the internet. I mean, like I said, unfortunately, the list goes on. He founded the company Stand Up Now to spread the message that when we all focus on respect, bullying will decline. Bruce is also the host of the podcast Mindfulness Mode, where his goal is to share how mindfulness can increase calm, focus, and happiness for everyone, and ultimately reducing bullying. And this is where I know Bruce from where in the same podcasting community, and I love his work. So it really is my honor to talk with you today. And with that bit of a background, tell everybody where you're from so that when they hear your accent, because it's uh, the second you say hello, people should identify with it. But let everybody know where you're coming uh, to us from today and maybe a little bit more about you. Well, hello, Michelle. Yes, yeah, so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And if you haven't figured it out already, I am from Canada. I'm from Ontario, Canada. And so it's just great to be on your podcast and talk about such a serious subject, but at the same time, a subject where, you know what, there is an answer. Mindfulness is a solution. It's no meds. It's a great way to move forward in your life and achieve focus and success. And that's what I love to share. So take us back. Like I said in this intro here, you were a teacher. So let, let's go back to your early days. What was your intention? Did you, did you always have a love for teaching others? Is that why you got into the teaching profession? Which then, of course, I want to hear about this journey of exactly how and why you transitioned. But, but going back to where this all started for you, has that always been a passion of yours? Well, it has, but for a long time, that passion was pushed way, way, way beneath the surface. And what I mean by that is that I didn't have a voice. At least I felt like I didn't. When I was in middle school, when I was, when I was young, I had a ton of anxiety. I was stressed. Who knows why? I mean, I'm sure there are reasons, but I felt like I couldn't open my mouth to say anything. And I was just... I was just living with this feeling that I had to just live my life without 
communicating verbally with almost anyone. And part of it was because my voice didn't really change the way it did for most kids that age. And I had this high squeaky voice. And I knew that if I did speak up, if I spoke in class to say something, kids would snicker, they'd laugh, or they would do what I experienced one day when I was in the change room and, and you know, some kid looked at me and he had like such disdain on his face. And he, and, and he said something that, of course, is kind of silly now that I think back. He says, you sound like a effing frog. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, wow. a frog? <laughs> you know, I mean, I can think back and laugh, but at the time I felt so humiliated because I felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't have this the kind of voice that most kids did my age. I had this this high voice. My my voice hadn't changed, and I was humiliated because of it, and and bullied to some extent. But I think most of it was the bullying I did to myself because I felt I didn't belong. Right. So. So from this time, was this any part of you wanting to become a teacher to say, I want to I want to be even more integrated in this environment to help in some way? Or was that just you just have a love for education in general? That really was it. As I proceeded through school, I had a harder and harder time because it just felt like I didn't belong there. So then when I got, got older and I got to the point where I did find my voice, I did, you know, mature into a man where I had a, a lower voice and I, I felt like, wow, this is great. I can sing. I can talk. I can I can make speeches. I can communicate with people. The first thing I thought is I want to go back and be the kind of teacher that I never had. I want to help the kids who are filled with anxiety like I was. And so I became a teacher and I became a music teacher because I loved music. And I thought, you know, this is a place where kids can really shine who otherwise, you know, might be having a hard time in school. So that's something that I did and loved it, just loved becoming a teacher. And then the more I did that, the more I wanted to share and learn and and do even more teaching. So when I started to see so much bullying in the schools and not very much being done about it, I thought, here's my chance. Here's my chance to do something different. You know, I mean, millions of people become teachers and I respect them. And I loved being a teacher, but I thought I can do way more than this. So I moved in a different direction. And it was because of one student. At least I, I think back to this one student that I saw one day was being bullied and picked on and mistreated. And I thought, you know what, I just want to get out there and help others in a bigger way. So I, I put out, actually, I didn't create a program. I just put out a flyer that described a program that was really only real in my mind. And I got all kinds of feedback. Yes, we want you to come and present. We want you to come to our school. We want you to do these keynote addresses. Yes, that'd be great. Then I needed to create the program, Michelle. So I did that. And it was a musical program with drama. And I was playing the part of, I created an alter ego for myself because I knew I needed to be bigger than life. And to communicate with the audience, I would need to be you know, something different. And so I was a DJ. 
So I created a musical drama type program all about bullying, but it had a comical side to it. And it really drew in the interest of the, the, the students that I was presenting to. So I did this for a decade presenting this program and, and changed it and did different versions of it about respect, about bullying, about cyberbullying, and just loved every minute of doing this. So your story, I I hope people right now are listening and stopping to think. uh, There's a line that I have, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, which is the things that happen in life and the meaning that we assign them. If you you go back and reevaluate that and think that these things that happened to you actually happened for you. The irony with this is the fact that you were bullied over your voice which you then wind up becoming an insanely uh, well-respected, well-followed podcaster about bullying. So it's just, it's phenomenal to me when people go back, when they say, I don't know my passion, I don't know my calling, I don't know what I should do. And you look back and say, okay, tell me about the most significant moments in your life. That happened for a reason. It happened for you. It's part of your path and your journey of your calling, which you are living through famously. I mean, you're a podcaster. It's, that's all your voice, right? It's not even YouTube where we could see your face. It's solely relying upon your voice and your message about bullying is just fantastic. So, so with this, here you are putting on these programs. You're really attacking this problem from what matters to you, how, how it shows up, how it lands on your heart. So speak to me about why mindfulness? Why is that your approach? My approach is mindfulness because early on I realized I needed to get help and I did. I, I hired someone who drove for me, set up equipment for me, all that kind of thing. And it opened it up so that I could blog. I could listen to shows and podcasts and, and books on tape as I traveled to the locations of my presentations. And I started to hear a theme, a common denominator, you know, people talking about this whole idea of living in the present and not concerning yourself so much with the past and just be happy now. All of this kind of thing became a theme. And I'm like, oh, this this is really something that I should be teaching to the students because that's what it's all about. If you have been bullied and then you just keep focusing, focusing, focusing on what happened then you're going to feel as though you're playing the role of of the victim. You're going to be the victim. You're going to take that on. But at the same time, if you can live now and focus on now and be happy now, those past events just kind of start to dissolve and be minuscule. And so the more I learned about mindfulness, and at first didn't even know that that was the word that described it, The more I learned about it, the more I wanted to teach and share. And then I began to meditate and that was a part of my mindfulness. And I thought, wow, this is great. This is helping my mind to become more calm. I feel more in touch with myself and I feel like I'm a better communicator with others as a result of this aspect of the mindfulness. But then I started listening to more and more interviews and started to realize so many successful people mention, I wouldn't be successful if it were not for my 
meditation or if it were not for my 40 minute walks every day where I can just clear my mind, there was this theme. So I thought, you know, I really want to share this idea with the mainstream world. I want to talk to people who may not even call it mindfulness, people who use these kinds of tools in their lives. And I just want to share this message with the world and do it in a bigger way than I could do if I were talking to a room of 300 people. So I can do that because every episode I have lots and lots of listeners. And as a podcaster yourself, Michelle, I'm sure you found it, find it just as exciting to share your message with the masses. Which you're getting to do right now. That's <laughs> on right. Show. That's, That's so exci- exciting. It is so exciting. And it really is about contributing back in a, in a bigger way, right? Of really living into something that's much bigger than yourself, which is why I love your messaging. I'm curious on, on meditation. And to me, you know, people get hung up on that word or still think it's some kind of 70s, woo-woo, whatever. But, but really, and you hit on it about maybe it's taking a walk. It's just the lack of input right? It's setting aside time every day. That's not your phone. It's not email. It's not the television. It's not radio. It's just zero input. And it's just you. And until you spend time doing that every day and really uh, deal with that chatter that's constantly going on, uh, I think I think you are always on a rat race and always trying to play catch up. And, and like I've, I've said, I, I don't know how many times, the more time you spend in stillness, in silence, you're going to gain back tenfold that amount of time in your day because you're going to have so much more focus and clarity and purpose of what you're doing that it won't be scattered chaos. So this message, though, to adults is one thing. To kids in school, how does that translate? Well, it translates really well to kids in school because I believe they're naturally this way. And it's a lot of times us as adults who kind of get them, we pull them away from mindfulness. We keep saying to them, okay, what happened yesterday? What Don't you remember what happened a week ago when this happened? And we keep taking them back. But then also we keep saying, okay, let's talk about tomorrow. Let's talk about next week. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning for the future at all. Of course, there's nothing the matter with learning from what happened. But we can be happiest if we have a good balance and we remember to just be happy now and not be uh, caught up in the past and the future. So I was fortunate, Michelle, because I had the opportunity to spend a few months in a classroom practicing mindfulness techniques with the students. I didn't tell them it was called mindfulness. We just did this activity or that activity, sometimes just for a minute at a time or two minutes. And after three months, I interviewed the students and I questioned them. And I I even recorded some of their comments. And they said, Mr. Langford, I just feel so much peace coming to your classroom. It, it just seems so calm and it seems like nobody's mean when we come to your room. And they shared so many thoughts and ideas like this. And even to them, it was a surprise. They couldn't figure out why it seemed so calm once they walked into my classroom. But it has to do with a mindset where if you do just focus on now, it does change the way things are in your own mind. And one of the things that I want to mention, you know, you talked about quieting your mind and becoming more calm. One of the biggest things I think is not judging 
not condemning. And the first thing is not to judge yourself because it seems like the most natural thing to do is, you know, you try this meditation, you try quieting your mind. And the first thing that happens is your mind just goes crazy and you get all kinds of thoughts and you you think, well, that's not meditation. I guess I can't do it. Oh, there must be something wrong with me. Oh, my mind is just going crazy. Oh, oh." and you start this inner dialogue and you have to be able to not condemn yourself for being this way. And of course, not condemning others too is a big part of mindfulness and will help us reduce bullying ultimately. You know, and as you were saying that, the word that I think I most associate to this type of practice is acceptance, right? It really is just acceptance for what is. And if a million thoughts show up, then that's exactly you're accepting. There's a million thoughts showing up right now and we accept them and we have gratitude for them and then let it go. But it is accepting exactly what is showing up here in this moment. And you're right about bullying. You know, um, the person who wanted to point out to you that you sounded like a frog is, <laughs> is judgmental, right? And everything that we do to others and to ourselves, I think, is all rooted from that place, judging good or bad versus just saying this isn't good or bad. It's just a thing. And I'm accepting it for what it is. Right. That should be taught from first grade on. I, I think it would change our entire world, not, not just our school system, truly our entire world, this concept. So give, give me a couple of things. One thing, one thing that when it's the first day of school, we're coming up here to September, right? There's plenty of teachers, parents, students maybe listening. First day of class, what is one tip, one thing that you would say to these students to say, hey, keep this thought in mind? What was that for them? Be a good listener. Just allow yourself to listen to what's going on. Don't make it, don't make it a miserable kind of thing like, oh my gosh, I, I missed that. And you know, there we go again to acceptance. Accept the way you are, but be a good listener in doing that. Because I believe that those, those of us who are really great listeners do well in life. I just think it's a trait And uh, don't you agree also that that is a bit of a learned skill? Yes. Right? It really is. Yeah, it really is. So, So for you, tell me about, for you personally, your journey on, you know, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, whatever, how you kind of... What was the tipping point for you outside of you said you were listening to podcasts and and different lectures of you saw a common thread, but usually there's one thing where somebody takes all this input or all these great ideas and says, okay, that's it. You know what? I need to start incorporating this into my life. Was there a specific talk or lecture or thing that happened where you said, I really am going to take action on this for me personally so that then I can teach it? And then the second half of that question is, what does that look like now? What is your daily practice around this mindset? Well, I alluded to this before, and there was one moment, and that's that one moment when I was a teacher on yard duty, and I saw this student standing over by the wall, looking dejected, alone, and yet I knew him. I knew he was very smart, athletic. I knew he was musical. I knew he had everything going for him, but yet why was he by himself and not playing over with the other kids who were all playing basketball? What was happening here? What was wrong with this picture? And as I found out and learned that he was being bullied, I spent time talking with him and I said to him, you know, 
this has really, really made me think, I want to do something about this. If you would possibly consider being featured in a video that I could show to other students and to audiences, showing what it really feels like to be bullied and how you survive, you know, would you be willing to do that? And he said, oh, gee, I could never do that. But three or four days later, he came back and he said, you know, I've been thinking and thinking about this. If I could help one student by being in that video, then I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. So I filmed him for an hour, edited it down with my videographer to three minutes. And that video has now been seen by over 100,000 middle, middle school students who have been moved by the fact that I've told them this is not an actor. This is an actual student. And from that day, I, I just knew my life was going to change. My path was going to be completely different. I was going to focus on this whole area of helping others with this aspect of, of bullying and whatever I had to do to help people, I would do it. And of course, one of the major ways is that people are bullying themselves. It's not just people who bully each other. But like I said earlier, when I was young, I bullied myself with some of my inner thoughts holding myself back. And so I love being a mindfulness coach now because I help others who have great ideas, they're in, in, intelligent, they, they have everything going for them, but for some reason they can't seem to dig in and achieve success. And a lot of times it's because of their mindset. They're bullying themselves. They've got limiting beliefs that are holding them back. So that completely changed the trajectory of my life, Michelle. So what is your daily practice? Do you have a first hour of your day or is it things that you do periodically during the day? What do you do to really make sure this is at the front and center of your everyday life? Yes, I do. I I love the book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And that inspired me. I mean, I was doing a lot of these things before, but that really uh, helped me form my morning. So I know exactly what I'm doing. I get up and the first thing I do is after I have a shower, I meditate and I meditate for 20 minutes. And I usually put on the sound of waves. So it's not a guided meditation, although it was for a couple of years when I meditated, I use guided meditations, which are great too. And so I just meditate to the sound of waves. And then after that, I write in my journal. So journaling is a, a big part of what I do. And then after that, I work out for a few minutes, some days longer than others. And I just have that routine. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do next. And it just brings a stability into my life. I feel really grounded as a result of having that morning routine. So... What would you say, since you started this uh, practice of yours, for you personally, you've gotten the feedback from the kids saying that the classroom is more calm and it's much more peaceful and nobody's being hurtful. For you personally in your life, really making this a daily practice, what would you say the biggest transformation has been? Well, the biggest transformation is that I feel focused. And although I'm no longer a teacher in a classroom, I'm an entrepreneur and <clears throat> have been a full-time entrepreneur for you know, 10 years. I just did the three month stint in the classroom to kind of support what I'm doing with my entrepreneurship. And I really find that 
it helps me be focused and move forward. And, you know, that whole uh, idea that focus really is follow one course until success. You know, I want to be consistent and because I want to be, then I am. And so I've stuck with the podcast and I stick with the idea of teaching what I want to teach to people through the mindfulness and associating it with the theme of bullying. And it's really worked for me. Excellent. So on this, uh, and I didn't ask this ahead of time, so I have no idea if this is available in the U.S. My, my podcast is my second largest audience outside of the U.S. is Canada. So that's certainly a plus. But for those folks, if there's teachers or anybody who's listening to this and says, you know, I'd like to learn more about how to incorporate your type of work into the program first, is it available in the United States in, in some way, shape or form? What I do now is I do mindfulness coaching. So uh, someone could contact me, like if you're a parent, for instance, and your your child or your teenager is being bullied and you're at, at wit's end, then I would work with you online. So on Skype or, or on the phone or whatever way that we chose to communicate, I would work with you that way. So I do quite a bit of coaching and that's the best way. I still do presentations, but a lot of them are local. I do keynote addresses, so sometimes I'm invited to events here, there, and, you know, anywhere, and I do that as well. So, yeah, I do a combination of things, but basically I would be uh, probably in a coaching role with you if you needed help with the bullying area. Got it. So if someone's listening right now and they would like to have a conversation with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Just contact me through email, Bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and remember that mindfulness just has one L and that's you can just email me that way and I'd be happy to uh, let you know where we go from here excellent and your podcast by the way all of these will be links on show notes but uh, please give everybody the name of the exact podcast again and the different platforms that you can be found on right mindfulness mode is the name of the podcast and you can go to iTunes and just search it in podcasts and you'll find that. And, you know, I'm on the other uh, apps as well for podcasts. So you'll be able to search mindfulness mode and find me or you can go to my website mindfulnessmode.com and you can listen right there. Excellent. And I highly encourage you to do that. He's got some amazing uh, interviews and uh, lots of great insight here, whether it's this topic or, um, you know, many others. He really is for staying grounded and present in the moment. Uh, definitely a podcast that is worth your time and subscribing to. So again, uh, will be links to show notes. So that said, as we start to wrap things up, I always ask every guest the final same exact two questions. So for you, Someone is listening right now, and maybe they are, uh, let's take the angle of a student, um, or, you know, maybe even they feel bullied at work. I mean, I, I know some adults that really feel that they're not treated very well or talked to very well in a work environment. So if someone's listening right now and they don't feel they have a voice and they don't feel like they're being treated very well, what's the single best piece of advice you have for them? You are what you think. 
change your thoughts. Don't play that victim role where you you keep thinking, oh, well, you know, my life is so terrible because, and then you make up all of these, you know, victim ideas, victim thoughts. We can all think that way, but we can choose to think the way we want to think. And those thoughts will change your life to, if you make them positive thoughts. And it's like the book, Change Your Life, sorry, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it's based on the Tao Te Ching by Latsu. And it's just so powerful. So my main thought, my main idea is you are what you think. Well, this may be very similar than my next question, uh, or maybe it's just going to be a, a completely different thing. I have no idea. But out of everything you've been through in life and all of the knowledge and wisdom that you have accumulated, what is the one thing that you absolutely believe to be true? I think the one thing I believe to be true is that you need to go in your own direction. You need to make your own way. Don't, you know, think, oh, well, I, I can't do that because it's different. I can't do that because my parents don't want me to. I can't do that because my husband or my wife wouldn't want me to do that. Find your own way. Be strong. Be courageous. And use that courage to forge your own direction. Well, everybody, you can see why I was so excited to have Bruce on the show today. You know, the logo for this podcast is a bunch of goldfish swimming in one direction and one blackfish swimming in the other direction. So you and I could not be more aligned and like-minded. I love it and appreciate your thoughts. And for you jumping uh, on this with me and sharing your words with the audience, like I said, we're, we're coming back up to another school year. And whether it's a relative, whether it's you, whether you're a teacher, to be mindful of how not only are you being treated, but just like Bruce said he did, pay attention to that loner, that person that's maybe being ignored or not being treated so well. Um, there's a reason why you're near them and make it your responsibility to help to give them a voice, help to give them the resources and the tools to speak up and to be heard and to not play the victim and to create a new life. So with that, thank you so much for your time and your passion, and your energy, and, and keep up the great work. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, the world really needs a whole lot more of it. So thank you again. And thank you, Michelle. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.